With 2021 firmly in the rear vision mirror, it would be fair to say that most people are hoping that life gets back to a sense of normality. And whilst that's certainly the case, it's not going to be completely smooth sailing. Today on SmartTrack Conversations, I'm joined by Andrew Hollis, content developer here at SmartTrack, who has done some research into some of the trends that organizations and fleets might encounter in 2022. Hi, Andy. Welcome to the show. Okay. Yep. Uh, my name is Andy Hollis, and I work with Matt and the team to um, to look at the the conversations that we want to have with our customers and people who aren't our customers yet. And a lot of that is research, forward looking, finding out what trends are happening in the world, uh, finding out how different people are approaching the challenges they've got, and then bring them back to our audiences here and trying to share them with the people here. And we can share them, you know, through white papers that we write, with the ebooks that get put together. So we're not just concentrating just on our own product ecosystem. We're actually looking outside and seeing what influences we need to be aware of and what we can bring into the mix. So you've been doing a lot of research and diving into the the nitty gritty of, of fleets and and what we're going to be seeing down, you know, coming down the pipeline. Yeah. Maybe we could sort of have a, a bit of a chat about some of the things or the trends that you've seen that might impact fleets and fleet managers and organisations in 2022. Yeah. As, as, as hopefully we come to the end of the, the pandemic challenge um, from, a, from a citizenry point of view, mm. we're all looking forward to um, moving out and having more freedoms and being able to do more with our lives. Unfortunately, it's not the same story if you're looking after a fleet, okay? Because the challenges that appeared there over the last two years are still there. Now, some of them will lessen, but there's still gonna be challenges that have to be addressed. And part of our job isn't just about saying, here's the good news, here's the way to move through it. It's about empowering people to make decisions. And I think if you can have a look forward, if you can look up from the challenges you've got today and see what's coming down the pipeline, you can be better placed to address it. You know, so, I mean, if, if I was to sum it up from what I've hit here, and we'll go into detail on this, first mm. of all, look after your old vehicles because new vehicles are going to get harder to get hold of and they're going to be more expensive. Yeah. Look for efficiencies to save money where you can and think forward. This isn't going to last forever. And you want to make sure that your fleet is best placed to reap that pent-up demand when it comes through. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't we, why don't we start at the top? Um, so the first one on our list is increased maintenance expenses. Okay, so this will be something everybody's aware of at the moment. You know, the out-of-stock yeah. orders, that's a con- going to be a continuing feature. The supply chain issues that we had in 2020 and 2021, they caused parts prices to rise. Yeah. It's going to get better, but it's still going to be an issue. So you need um, to expect higher maintenance costs. I'm dreading taking my car in to get serviced in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, well, you'll have to join the queue because there'll be lots of people taking their cars in to get serviced. So, yeah. But you, you do have to keep on top of your service schedules. It's a false economy to try and not do them, but it is a cost you're going to be hit with. Also, you need to understand that the maintenance providers are going to be looking to make up losses that came to them during the pandemic, okay? So they know there's pent-up demand out there. They know that people need their vehicles looking after, and they're going to be charging accordingly. There's a shortage of technicians. Inflation is biting. And all that increased demand is going to feed into labor prices, all right? And on top of that, 
we now have vehicles that are incredibly complicated. You know, they've integrated technologies on board. So you need more experienced technicians working on them. So all these things impact and build up into that cost wave that comes through. And so, yes, some inventory will speed up now. It'll actually start to come back online. But you're still going to have those shortages running right through 2022. Yeah, because I think cars aren't just cars anymore. They're, they're like mo- mobile computers. And so part of the big the big thing at the moment is this whole you know, global microprocessor shortage yeah. and like all of the you know the internal components of the car basically everyone's just waiting for them to get parts well i was uh, reading an article from vw in europe today and they were talking about how there's a shortage of chips and that shortage isn't going to go away it's, it's just there for the foreseeable future because there's so much demand for it and chips nowadays are so interchangeable you know so your people use them for all sorts of different things what that means for our audience is that if you're waiting on a special specialist vehicle replacement, you're going to be waiting longer and it's going to cost you more. Because if you're a manufacturer and you know there's a huge demand for light-duty vehicles, for instance, trucks, that sort of thing, that's what you're going to be producing. And you're going to be trying to get as many of them into the market as possible. You're not going to be looking out for the rats and mice and all the specialist vehicles. So that's why that's going to be hard. And then it's alongside that, you need to understand retail incentives are going to stay low because they can sell the vehicles anyway. Mm. So this is why you have to look after your existing vehicles unless you've got tapped into a supply line that's already going to bring you the new ones in. Definitely. And I guess that, that also sort of leads into the next thing about, you know, extending the life cycle of, of your current vehicles. If, if you can't get access to, you know, spare parts and you, you're going to struggle to gain access to replacement vehicles, the, the most you know, sensible thing to, to sort of to combat that is to extend the lifetime of the vehicles that you already have. Well, for a lot of fleet managers, it's going to be their only option. Yeah? And once again, they're still going to get hit with costs. Whether you're buying a, buying a brand new vehicle and then upgrading the body to a specialist task or you're trying to keep an old vehicle on the road, you're still going to have to get it serviced. You're still going to technicians, and they're still going to be hitting you. It's just the way things are. But if you can keep on top of your maintenance, just as importantly, if you have kept on top of maintenance up till now to keep your vehicles in running position, then you'll be in a better place to actually go through this. There is an upside, though. If it turns out that you can get a new vehicle, that old vehicle that you're releasing to the market will fetch a much better price because there's very tight supply out there. So I guess that... That leads us to the next thing, which is you know talking about increased operating costs. Um, if we look at this year as an indicator of what's going to happen next year, tyre prices, for instance, went up between 3 and 10% due to commodity prices. So that's got nothing to do with chips. That just simply comes down to the rubber and the synthetics and the technologies that they're all bringing together. You know, so there's no getting away with that. Service personnel, as we've already discussed, is going to be more expensive, but inflation is going to continue pumping. Now, what we don't know is whether inflation is a short-term thing that's driven by the supply and demand issues that have been brought on by the pandemic, or it's going to carry on next year because of rising energy costs, rising petrol costs and things like that. So that, that feeds into everything. You've only got to look at the UK and the huge issues they've got at the moment with gas prices. You know, I was reading an article today, actually, in the BBC, where um, fertiliser supplies are running low in the UK because they need gas to cook the fertiliser in order to prepare it. They also need petrol to shift their vehicles around and all those sorts of things. And it just kind of rolls on. So then food's going to be more expensive in the shops. But all those things are adding into inflation. What we don't know 
is next year is how those energy prices are going to react. And I guess, you mean, what what we've highlighted here just by talking about these couple of things, you know, like replacement vehicles and maintenance uh, expenses and, you know, life cycle of vehicles, um, you, you can see that this, even though there's, it may seem like such a simple simple thing to sort of maintain your fleet there are so many moving parts and you know they're, they're all interconnected and but they are and the thing is we, we tend to look at fleet servicing as a mechanical only story and it isn't you know there's there's the wet element there's the human element that you actually bring there in there as well and that can blow out to easily 70 percent of the costs yeah, of a wow. job like this you know so if inflation is actually making it more costly for that technician to feed his family, you're going to end up paying for it. That's just what it is. Have you come across any instances of organisations that basically haven't kept up with their maintenance because maybe staff have all been working from home and so, you know, like they're basically sort of fleet maintenance has sort of become put in the back burner and, and the kind of the implications that might be, that might arise from that? By third party anecdote, I have. And it actually starts to move into the grey fleet when you have that sort of a conversation. So they might just lock up the vehicles in the work garage, but they still want people to carry on working. People are using their own vehicles just to go out to the odd meeting or to catch up for a walking coffee and those sorts of things. Mm. If they're out there in the vehicle, and it's a personal vehicle, and it's on work time, it's a workplace vehicle. So that sort of thing impacts. And if you park up your vehicles for ages and ages, particularly if it turns out you've got an EV or you've got tracking things on them and things like that, those batteries are going to run down, mm-hmm. you know. And I know SmartTrack has got a, a conversation coming out soon about reminding our customers to keep on top of their vehicles during the shutdown over Christmas just to make sure they can start up again, you know. Then yeah. that, that's an issue that people need to think about. I mean, yes, um, people have tried putting off service in. They think it's one of those costs that they can um, put to the back burner because there's other more important things coming through. But eventually, you will need that vehicle and you want it performing. Absolutely. You mentioned EVs. Um, you, I, I guess you know, with the the kind of the incentives that say the New Zealand government is sort of putting, and the the you know the transition to lower emission or zero emission or low emission vehicles. Um, what what are the kind of the trends looking like for 2022? Well, EVs is the one good news story, really, because of the whole climate crisis conversation that's running around, um, the way they've been pushing governments to take some effort and move forward. EVs have had that impetus. They've they've got that government support now to move them through. And there are lots of issues. There's no getting around that. There there are charging issues. There are um, issues as far as... um, being able to use different charges in different vehicles and things like that. So there are problems there, but it is moving forward at a pace. They're they're building as many EVs as they can, and they are selling them all. And the big players are moving on board. So in the States, you've got Walmart, Amazon, FedEx, Unilever, Coca-Cola. They've all committed to a carbon-neutral position. So they're all going to go out there and buy EVs, which is fantastic because the more you produce something, the cheaper it comes for everybody. That's the scale and effect. It's just the way it works that way. What that means in the short term is the tightness of supply. So if EVs are on your shopping list at the moment, you've got to expect that you're going to have to wait longer for them and you're going to have to pay full price for it because the demand is there. Whatever happens in America and happens in Europe is going to impact on us. If you're going to put a boat full of EVs out there, you're going to send them where the big market is. And the big market isn't down here. 
as you know, this year I've been working on a vision statement for zero emissions vehicles. Mm -hmm. And among the customer challenges in there was actually making the choice between a hydrogen or electric vehicle, what Mm -hmm. what we're going to go forward with there. And it really depends on the type of business you are. If you've got heavy vehicles, um, if you've got a, a big fleet working in the outback, then having your own hydrogen refueling system kind of makes sense. If you're running light vehicles and you're in an urban environment, there's every chance that you're going to have charges on hand. So electric vehicles make sense. So it's just a question of having that mixed through, you know. And the vision statement for zero emission vehicles that we're working through is about looking at all those different challenges, charging infrastructure, incentives and legislation, market mm-hmm. perception, you know, separating out the issues from assumptions on range anxiety, you know. Like the typical ranges in Australia this is for domestic travel, we're only 36 k's a day, whereas in New Zealand it's only 29 k's a day. Right? That's easily within the range of an EV, and yet yeah. there is this persistent feeling that, you know, oh, I need to have petrol just in case I get stuck without a charger. It just, <laughs> it's just a question. It's a habit change that really needs to happen, you know? Yeah. So turning to the, the perennial question of, of budgets and, and budget constraints, could you maybe talk on some of the, the sort of the issues or the trends that will be and it might be impacting organisations next year? Well, CEOs are going to be looking right across the organisation for savings and efficiencies. There's, they have to, you know. Um, with the exception of businesses like Netflix and Amazon, very few have actually done well out of this <laughs> pandemic. So they're going to have to make savings somewhere. The thing about the fleet is that the C-suite now has the sustainability stick to wield as well. So they can actually go to the fleet and say, hey, listen, from from our carbon footprint point of view, we have to make some changes and improvements here. So there is that double whammy that's coming down to the fleet. There is budgets, but there's also that perception that we actually need to do something for um, our sustainability credentials. The public expects it. The government is mandating it, so we need to move on that. What fleet managers need to do is get ahead of that game. They need to get ahead of the conversation and have a strategy before it comes down to them. And it's easily done. I'm not saying it's mm. easy to implement, but it's easy to have a strategy, you, particularly if you've got tracking on your vehicles. You need to have a look at the way your fleet's utilised. You need to identify those vehicles that can transition to EVs. You need to put as many efficiencies through in your operational structure as you can and just bring all those pieces together so that when the conversation comes down, because it is going to come down, you've got answers for it. It shows that you've already been forward thinking. And that way they will devolve the decision-making to you rather than trying to foster it on you. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, Use Christmas to put the plan together. Yeah. And so finally, I mean, I guess the the thing that we're all probably really sick of talking about with COVID is the whole working from home thing. But, you know, it's 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 here to stay for quite, you know, quite likely. Boris Johnson said that um, something along the lines of human beings are genetically predisposed to going to work and don't actually want to be at home. Um, I can see that to a point, but I wouldn't like to bank on it, you know. So (laughs) we need to accept that that a certain proportion of the population has enjoyed it and will want to carry on working at home. And there are studies in the States that suggest 25 to 30% of the workforce is now working at home and will resist actually going back into the office. So if we assume that that trend is here to stay to a degree, all right, from a fleet point of view, we need to work out what we're doing with the vehicles. Mm. Now, there are two aspects to that. There are having 
access to company cars and being able to use them and not having to come into the office to do it. So you can have uh, remote technologies where people can access vehicles in their neighbourhoods rather than actually coming into the office for it. Because it doesn't, it doesn't make efficiency sense to send someone to an office to pick up a vehicle to work somewhere else with it, simply to pick a vehicle up you know, and send it back at the end of the day. So those strategies need to be considered as part of uh, the forward planning that fleet managers should be going through. There are also people who will still want a company car. Okay, so how do you actually evaluate the use benefit of that and how do you make it part of the package when they're actually never coming into work anymore, the thing sits at home with them? These are the things that you need to think about. And then alongside that, and we touched on this before, the grey fleet, there are people who will say, actually, I'll just take cash in hand and I'll use my private car for the few times that I need to go out. When they're in that private car, as far as the law's concerned, it's a workplace. So your duty of care responsibilities don't change. So you, all these things need to be considered. You know, they, they feel like an easy out initially. That's all right. You know, Jones is going to take her family car. She's going to go and do this meeting, and that makes it very easy on us. But there can be consequences, and you, you need to have a plan for that. Yeah, the, the one that really sort of trips people up is that if you've got your own private car and you have, a, have an incident, accident, your insurance won't actually cover you because it's you using it for work-related purposes. And it's absolutely right, yep. yeah. So with those five or six trends that we've kind of touched on, is there any final, any, any final thoughts or other things that people might want to keep an eye out for in, in the next year? No, I, I think that's actually quite a... That's quite a full list, to tell you the <laughs> truth. I mean, for, for anybody that's actually looking to try and get back to some kind of normal, to throw this on top of them as well, they are probably going to look at it and think, well, I'll tackle one of those as it comes through. Unfortunately, you can't tackle just one of them because they're all going to hit at the same time. In fact, they're near now. And while it may seem like a daunting task, I, I guess the thing is, is that we're all in the same boat. And once you, once you sort of start tackling with these issues, you, you will find your organisation and your fleet is in a much better position as a result. Yeah. There, there isn't a fleet that's immune to this, not one in the world, whether they're commercial or they're government, they're all facing the same issues. The question is just making sure that you're the best dressed and out there first. Absolutely. Well, Andy, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast, uh, quite illuminating as to the things that are coming down the pipeline. Um, thank you for thank you for coming on the show. Right. Lovely talking to you. And yeah, 2022, bring it on. <laughs>